I want to welcome everybody here this morning. Uh, I got a couple praise reports that I would like to give to the church that we have been praying about during the Wednesday night service. And uh, the other day, I went up to uh, Baylor Surgical Center. I got a friend up there that was having surgery for cancer. And uh, he was supposed to have been in surgery about three hours. And we prayed over that. And I prayed with the family, and we prayed here at church. But in just a little less than, well, it was just barely two hours, the doctor comes out and says he's through. He says uh, everything looked really good. Uh, he thinks he's got everything. And... Uh, so the family was very thankful to the church for their prayers. And, uh, but the Baylor Surgical Center let me be up there. And I, I was very thankful to that. I even let them know how thankful I was that they allowed me to come in. Because a lot of these church, uh, excuse me, a lot of these hospitals right now are not letting the pastors come in. They're not letting very many come in. It's because of the COVID and all that. And I understand that. But, uh, Anyway, they let me come in, and even while I was there, I got to minister to a couple others. And I'm thanking God for that. That uh, sometimes, you know, he opens doors that we don't even expect to be opened. And, uh, and then most of y'all probably know Betty Glenn. Well, she failed here the other day, and uh, she shattered or, or, or fractured the right cheekbone. Well, I got to finally go up there and see her at the hospital. And, uh, but her whole side of her face and arm neck was solid black. And uh, they thought they was going to have to do some sur shoulder surgery on her because she was having a problem with her arm where she had failed. But then we prayed up there and everything. We just prayed that God was going to touch her mightily, that she was not going to have to have that surgery. And then in just a little bit we heard, well, the doctor checked her out and said, well, I don't think she's going to need surgery. So she's not having to have surgery. But she's over in Willow Park right now at, uh, at a therapy, uh, at, well, at a, at a kind of like a, a center where and she's going through some therapy to help strengthen her. So I'm asking you all to keep Betty Glenn in prayer. Uh, and I know God's going to heal her and get her out of there. And so... But she was very thankful for everything. She was thankful for the prayer, and she said, be sure and tell everybody, thank you so much for your prayers, and that she loved you all. And uh, <clears throat> so that is just some things I wanted to say. And uh, I've got something here. As I was kind of reading and doing some studying, I run across something that I want to share with you. And my sermon this morning, and we've talked about it and everything, but it's, it's on forgiveness. And, you know, I think sometimes that's a real hard thing for people to do, is to forgive somebody. Sometimes when somebody has hurt you, it just stays there. And it's hard for you to forgive them. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, that is the enemy keeping that on your mind. The enemy don't want you to forgive. And I'll tell you, I'll show you here in just a minute, but you know, when we don't forgive somebody, that is sin in God's eyes. That is sin in God's eyes when we don't forgive. 
And, uh, but this here is a little story. It's a true story that took place. It's been a while back. And, uh, but it shows what forgiveness can do. And uh, it said here on December the 1st, 1997, about a dozen students were gathered together for their daily prayer meeting at Heath High School in Paducah, Kentucky. As they said their final amen, a 14-year-old boy suddenly walked up with a gun, opened fire on the group, hitting eight of the students. Three of the students died, and five others were seriously wounded. And uh, in the midst of this tragedy, there was a young lady. Her name was Melissa Jenkins. She was injured. She was in the hospital. And as she lay in that hospital, the doctors came out and they told her, Melissa, you will never walk again. She was paralyzed. And when she found out this, she said something very unusual. She says, I want to send a message to the young man that shot me. What do you suppose she wanted to say to him? What would you have said? How would you have took that? Would she have wanted to tell him that she hated him? She hoped that he would die? That he'd never walk again? Well, this Christian teenage girl wanted to tell this young man, I forgive you. I forgive you for paralyzing me that I will never walk again. But in my heart, I forgive you. And this is one of the amazing things. You know, only a true Christian could probably do something like this. And this young man that she forgave, most of us probably couldn't have done that. Probably all of us in here are going through something that somebody has done and you're still holding unforgiveness in your heart. Now, I'm going to read you something here in just a minute, right straight from God's Word and what God tells us about unforgiveness. But, you know, this, like I said, well, this is only something that a, a true Christian could do, is to forgive somebody for what they did to them and paralyze them. I mean, it, I would either call it a supernatural thing, but more than that, I think I would call it a God thing something that God put in her heart. He said, I love you, Melissa. She was even, even stating that, that before she sent the message that she felt like God spoke to her. This young man was 14 years old, and he'd been bullied in school. And the thing about it is, many of these kids that he opened fire on had befriended him. They had accepted him. But when they come to find out, the boy was also had a mental problem. They asked him, why did you do something like this? That young man says, I don't know. I can't explain it. I don't know what happened. You know, the devil will look for any opportunity he can in a human life to try to ruin their life especially if you're a Christian. This young man had no idea. Uh, he was sentenced to prison. 
And, they, and as I was reading this, it says that he is eligible for parole in 2022. That's it. That's now. He's eligible for parole. He would be 34 years old, and this happened when he was 14. This young man's life was ruined simply because we have an enemy out there that is coming against us. You know, he probably did something here that he would never, ever even thought about doing. But that enemy come against him so hard and so strong, it was just like he said, I don't know what happened. It's like I had no control over what I did. And you think about something. The devil is a very powerful, powerful spirit. Just think about something. If the devil can talk one-third of the angels into leaving Jesus in heaven, what can he do to us? What can he do to us? He is a powerful individual. And we have to realize this. And that's why when we have to come against the devil, we don't do it ourselves. We come in with Jesus. Lord, I come in your name. You know, we in our own power, we don't have it. But Jesus does. And Satan, believe me, he knows who Jesus is. He's had enough encounters with him. And you know something? Jesus hadn't lost a battle yet. He won't. We need to get Jesus down in our heart. We need to call upon him. When, when, when things start going against us, unforgiveness, anger, even, I'll even go so far as to say hate. That's an enemy. That's something sometimes that, that just really gets a hold of us and we'll do things that we didn't think we would do. We'll say things we didn't think we'd ever say. But that's not you. See, that's the enemy. You know, even like old Paul, he said, you know, in the flesh, he says, I do a lot of things that I don't want to do. And I don't do the things I know I should do. How many of us are like that? How many of us know what to do, but sometimes we just don't do it? That's the enemy. And that's what Paul was saying. When that enemy comes against you, he's a powerful, powerful foe. And he's going to do everything he can to destroy you. Matter of fact, over in the book, of John, John chapter 10, verse 10, it says, For Satan comes but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. See, that's Satan's job. That's what he does. But then on the other hand, Jesus speaks up. He says, Yes, but I've come to give you life and to give it to you abundantly. Jesus is already counteracting what Satan is telling you. He said, yeah, he's come to kill, steal, and destroy, but I've come to give you life and to give it to you in an abundance. And in other words, he said, I've come to give you a life that's overflowing. I've come to meet your needs. You belong to me. You're mine. And even over there in Isaiah, it tells you, when you go through the waters, I'll be with you. When you go through those raging rivers, they will not overflow you. When you go through the fire, you will not be burned. You will come out of that fire and you will not even have the smell of smoke on you because I am with you. That's Jesus. We need to always have Jesus in our heart, in our spirit, and asking him. You know, I guess prayer is one of the strongest things we've got. 
is when we come to God. Because He always hears you. He always hears you. And, he, and He's going to do what he, all He can to help you. But you know, we have to let Him we can, we can sit there and we can come against Jesus. Well, Jesus, I can take care of this. No, Lord, that's okay. I don't need any help. You don't want to do that. When you're fighting a battle, let God fight that battle. God wants to fight that battle. Like I said, he has never lost a battle yet, and he will not lose a battle. Because he's battling for you, his children, his people, and he wants to take care of you. And uh, it's like I said a while ago. I don't know if we realize it or not, but not to forgive one is a sin in God's eyes. When we hold on to that and we can't forgive it, that's the enemy keeping you from forgiving. And uh, if you don't forgive a person who sinned against you, then really you're sinning against God. Well, Bill, where, where are you getting this? I'm going to read you a scripture. This here is Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 through 15. This is Jesus Christ speaking. He's talking to us. He's telling us this. He's saying, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive your trespasses. That's pretty bad, isn't it? When we can't forgive, God can't forgive us, is what he's saying. We have to learn to forgive. We're all human. We all make mistakes. Every one of us in here have sinned. We probably sin every day. But I want to tell you something. God's taking care of that too, through his son Jesus Christ and what he's done for us on that cross. He's taking care of it. You know, and two, just think about something. To say that we are a Christian but that we cannot forgive someone, we are contradicting who we are. This is not what God meant for us. We are to forgive, just as you want to be forgiven. Every one of us, like I said, we've done something, and you want somebody that you've wronged to forgive you, that you're truly sorry you did it. Maybe it's in the heat of a moment. Maybe it's something you said, a way you acted. You really hurt somebody. And then as, 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 as that time goes on by, you say, boy, I shouldn't have done that. I really messed up. I'm just, I hope I can get them to forgive me. Because it was in the heat of the moment. It was, when, it, was, it was when Satan saw your condition. He saw what kind of condition you was in. You were vulnerable. And that's when he hits. That's when he will hit. At your weakest point. He watches. He knows exactly when your weakest point comes. And that's where he attacks you. First of all, he attacks your mind. That's where he starts. Well, just like he did Jesus in the desert. He says, well, if you be the son of God, then turn these rocks into bread. See, Jesus has been fasting 40 days and 40 nights. He said, he's got to be hungry. So he was going to hit him at his weakest point. Jesus turns around. He looks at Satan and says, Satan, for it is written in God's word, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of God. We quench the devil by the word of God just like Jesus.
You know, Satan cannot fight the Word of God. He will leave, but he will come back. You know, he came against Jesus, he talks about three different times, but each time Jesus combated him with the Word of God and he left. But he will come back. What we have to do is to get into the Word of God, get that Word of God down in us, so that when Satan does come against us, oh, wait a minute, Satan. That's not what God said. Let me tell you what God said. And when you do that, and you hit Satan with God's word, Satan will leave. He he knows he cannot win a war against God. He hadn't yet, and he never will. You know, all through the Bible, Jesus continually talked about forgiveness. He continually talked about forgiveness. This was something very important to Jesus, to God. And he says he spoke of forgiveness in his sermons, in his parables, even in his private talks with his disciples and other people. He would talk about forgive, forgive, forgive. There are a number of reasons why we should forgive, but I'm just going to look at two. And then I'm going to close and we'll go eat. But uh, you're never more pleasing to God than when you forgive. You're never more pleasing to God than when you say, Lord, I forgive them. I forgive them. And that's hard to do sometimes. I've been there, I know. I had a problem one time. And I had to ask God, God, help me to forgive. He did. He did. And now there is no unforgiveness there whatsoever because God took it away. And that's what he has to do to a lot of us. He has to help us to forgive. Because sometimes we can't do it on our own. But through the power, the love, and the mercy of God, he knows forgiveness is a sin. Unforgiveness, excuse me, is a sinner. He doesn't want us sinning. He wants us free. Free in this life to walk, to worship Him, to serve Him. You know, it is said to err is human, but to forgive is divine. Every one of us, like I said a while ago, we've messed up in our life. We are human, we are in the flesh. We've sinned. We've said things we shouldn't have said. We've hurt others. Others have hurt us. You know, it has to come. There has to be an end to it. And that's what God's saying. Forgive. Forgive. Whenever you truly forgive, you will. I'm, I'm going to say this. When you truly forgive, there will be such a peace in your heart that you can't even explain it. That's something you've been carrying. You didn't realize how heavy of a weight that you was carrying until that weight was lifted off of you. Then you said, wow, I wish I'd have done this a long time ago. But you've been carrying around hate, unforgiveness, and believe me, that gets very, very heavy. It will, it will pull you down. It will open up doors for Satan to enter your life. We have to forgive. We have to forgive. You know, if you want to be more like Jesus, then you need to be a forgiving person. 
Can you think what it must have been like? If Jesus said, look at all they've done to me. I can't forgive them. I'm not going to go to that cross. Let them pay their debt. Where would we be today? Where would we be today? We have to learn to forgive and get over it. You know, Jesus showed his forgiveness and his love as he hung on that cross. Now, he did something there that, I, I don't know, it, it, you think about it, that was true love as to what he did. Remember what Jesus, one of his first, his first statement was on the cross when they hung him. What was his first statement? In Luke chapter 23, verse 34. What did Jesus say to his father? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He was asking his father to forgive us for what we just did to him. How many of us could do that? I hope one day we all can. I hope one day we can get Jesus in us so strong and so powerful that we don't even want that word hate mentioned, unforgiveness mentioned. Yes, just think about this. Jesus' statement Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, was so powerful that one of the thieves on the cross received Jesus Christ as his Lord, and he was spared. He was saved that day. He says, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And what did Jesus tell him? He said, this very day you shall be with me in paradise. He said, upon your asking me to forgive you of your sins, you believing in me this day. That thief would have had moments to live. He was already on the cross. He was nailed to it. And they was fixing to break his legs so that he couldn't stand up where he could breathe. He was fixing to bite, die in a matter of moments. When he said, Lord Jesus, forgive me, and Jesus forgave him, he walked into eternal life. What do you suppose would happen if you forgave somebody? You think it would change your life? You think they'd become a new person? Maybe they're going through some things too. Maybe they're sorry they offended you. They're probably sorry they said something to you. But there comes that point when we have to say, I forgive. I forgive you. You're releasing yourself. You're releasing yourself from a bondage that Jesus, that, excuse me, that, that the devil had on you that Jesus released you from. When you said, Lord, forgive me for my sin, what happened? He forgave you. You become a new person. You're not that same person you used to be. I don't know if any of y'all have ever read it or not, but in 2 Corinthians 5.17 it says something. Therefore, any man who is in Christ becomes a new creation. All the old things in your life have passed away. You don't have them anymore. They're gone. You are now a new person in Christ. Your old life is gone. It's not there anymore. Your new life is filled with Jesus Christ. 
You're a new person. That is one of my favorite scriptures because I can look back on my own life. And I am so thankful that Jesus forgave me and said, Bill, you're forgiven. You now have eternal life in heaven. One day, you're going to be in heaven. And I believe that in all my heart. I do. I believe in heaven, but I also believe there's a hell, just like there's a heaven. And that is one place I don't want to go. Because they say in hell there are no exit signs. You're there forever. And what you go through there, is, if it's described in the Bible, nobody wants to go there. Nobody. There's going to be people there. There's people there right now. Simply because they said no to Jesus. They said no to Jesus. After all he's done, after all he's done for us, how he saved our life by going to that cross and shedding his blood. You know what the Bible says? It says without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Without that shed blood. That shed blood is what washed your sins white as snow. Clorox couldn't even do that. But Jesus' blood can. And it did. And it will keep doing it as long as you keep calling up on Christ, loving Him, serving Him. That blood is washing you clean. You're free. You're, you're not in this world anymore. You may live in it, but you're not of it. You're not of it. You know, and the second reason, a person who has been forgiven should be a forgiving person. You've been forgiven. How would you feel if you knew you wasn't forgiven? You are forgiven. Christ forgave us. You know, that, that's a story in the Bible. They said one day Peter thought he would really impress Jesus with his willingness to forgive. So he came to Jesus. And here in Matthew 18, 21, Peter walks up to Jesus. Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Seven times? Seven times? Should I forgive him seven times? Peter was probably expecting Jesus to say something like, Peter, are you serious? You're willing to forgive seven times? Oh, Peter, how generous you are. Now listen. Jesus turned around and looked at Peter. I'm sure Peter was surprised what Jesus said. In Matthew 18, 22, Jesus looks at Peter and says, I say not unto you seven times, but until seventy times seven. In other words, I don't think Jesus was saying that you have to forgive someone 490 times, then it's open season on them. That's not what he's saying. He said you forgive continuously whenever they ask. If they're asking you with their heart and they really want to be forgiven, you forgive them. And Jesus' message was clear. He says, unlimited forgiveness. That's what Jesus has, unlimited forgiveness. I don't know how many times I have to go to Jesus. Lord, I messed up 
again today. Would you forgive me? Bill, you're forgiven. See, Jesus knew we're human. He knew that we were going to mess up. He knew we were going to make mistakes. He says, look, I'm going to put a scripture in my word for you that are always messing up. Knowing that I will forgive you, knowing that you are mine and that I love you. He put this scripture in the Bible for us. For that person. When we mess up, we can come to Jesus. Remember, Jesus said, unlimited forgiveness. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He put that in there for us. The ones that keep sinning. The ones that have problems in this life. He says, I love you. My forgiveness is unlimited. When you truly want to be forgiven, come unto me, I will forgive you. Confess your sins, and I will cleanse you. That's love. It's his love for us. He doesn't want us walking around with unforgiveness in our life. So really... What unforgiveness comes down to is God has forgiven us of a huge debt. See, sin is something that God cannot look upon. He has to turn his face from sin. Remember when Jesus was on the cross? Jesus said something. He said, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? Just before Jesus died, the sins of the world were poured out on him. What happened? God turned his face from his son. Why? Because God cannot look upon sin. For that moment, God had to turn his face. His pride, his joy, his one and only begotten son, he couldn't look at him. Why? Because our sin had been poured out upon Jesus. It was dripping off of him. God had to turn his face. But it was just for a moment. And God says, I will never, ever do that again. Jesus will not go to the cross again. He's done it. He's not going back. That one time covers from the time he did it until the end of the world. He's not going back. God's not going to ask him to go back. When Jesus was in the garden, he said something. Father, if it be your will, let this cup be removed from me. Jesus knew he was going to the cross. He knew he was going to suffer. He knew what he was going through. What was Jesus saying? Father, if it be possible, please, let it not be for you have to turn your face from me. That never happened before and it will never happen again. That's the first time that Jesus and his Father had ever been separated. It's because of the sin that was poured out upon Jesus for our sake. For our sake. You know, God has forgiven us. He's, given, he's forgiven every one of us of our sins. 
God has wiped each person's slate clean. You don't have any sin. If you've asked God to forgive you, it's erased. It's gone. And then, and you know something else God said? He said, when I forgive your sin, I will never bring it up again. I will never remember it. It's gone. You don't have to worry about God throwing it up to you. It's gone. It's gone. You're free. You don't have that sin anymore. So God has wiped our slate clean and therefore we should be willing to extend the same forgiveness to others that God gave to us. We don't think about it like that. But we should. Lord, you forgive me. Lord, I have to forgive. I have to forgive. We sing a song in here. and it's, 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 It says, He came to pay a debt that He did not owe because we owed a debt that we could not pay. Jesus paid our debt. He paid that debt on the cross when he shed that precious blood. He paid our sin debt. He paid it. You don't owe it no more. So therefore, really, a forgiven person should be a forgiven person. If you've been forgiven, you should be able to forgive. Because you know how you feel. You know what a relief that was when somebody said, I forgive you. I'm not going to remember it anymore. It's over. We're friends again. That incident is gone. That's what Jesus is saying. That incident, that sin, it's gone. I'm not going to remember it anymore. You're set free. That's Jesus. That's his love. If you are someone who says, I can't forgive that person, then I think we have to wonder whether we really understand forgiveness and what Jesus did for us. Do we understand what Jesus did for us? I hope we do. Because we need to extend that to others. To let them know, hey, I love you. Yes, I'm a Christian. Jesus forgave me. I forgave you. This little girl I was talking about that was paralyzed, they asked her, why did you forgive that young man that paralyzed you? She says, I had to. Because God has forgiven me. That was her answer. Because God has forgiven me, I forgive also. She was paralyzed. She'll never walk again. But she was a Christian. She loved the Lord. And she knew it was a thing that she had to do and needed to do. That's something that we have to think about. It's something that we need to do. If there's something in your life that you need to forgive, please, Forgive. Forgive as Jesus forgave us. I'm going to ask the band to come up if they will. If you're here today and there's some things going on in your life, you say, Lord, I've got some things in my heart that I need to get rid of. We have an altar up here. If you would like to, you're welcome to come down, kneel at that altar, and just ask God. Say, Lord, this unforgiveness that I have in my heart, take it away. Take it away. I don't want it. I want your forgiveness in my heart. And you know what's going to happen? God will remove that unforgiveness. You'll be set so free, and you can look at that person that you have not forgiven, that's caused you a problem, it's not going to bother you a bit. It's over. It's through. God has erased 
that problem. So if you're here today, if you feel like you, you need to ask God to forgive you, please, the altar is open. And then after that, we'll have a prayer. We'll go next door and eat. So, but if you're here, please, let God take care of that sin in your life. Take care of that unforgiveness. Restore you and take away the sin. So I'm going to ask the band if they want to play. And if you need to, please.